Welcome to the Productivity Podcast. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by Michael Fletcher, who has over 30 years of retail experience internationally and in the UK, and he's currently UK Board Advisor at Handshow. Hi, Michael. Hi, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Yeah, very good, thanks. Great to be here. Good. Well, thanks for taking the time out and joining us. Uh, we'll find out a bit about you, and then we'll find out about Handshow and today's topics all around electronic shelf edge labels. So looking forward to this one. I, I suspect it's a uh, forefront of, of lots of people's minds at the moment. So before we start, Michael, tell us a bit about yourself. You, you're kind of 30 years in, in retail in the UK and abroad. Yeah, no, so I, I seems a long time ago now, but I joined Tesco in the 1990s, early 1990s on their grad scheme, probably spent, was that, 10, 12 years working in uh, commercial within the UK. Uh, it was a brilliant experience. Then was lucky enough um, to spend some time out in Ireland and then Malaysia and then Central Europe and a little bit more time back in Asia before coming back uh, to run Tesco's procurement function, which is where I first came across ESLs. Um, and perhaps we'll talk about that in a minute. And then I joined the co-op uh, 10 years ago, um, had a fabulous 10 years at the co-op, uh, ended up running their wholesale business nicer. And uh, at the back end of last year, I decided to pursue a kind of portfolio career and one of the businesses I've ended up working with is Handshow which has been absolutely enlightening I mean I I would like to consider that I was pretty much abreast of what was going on in retail technology but I think the progress that the likes of Handshow have made um the, the landscape is very very different to one that I perceived pre-COVID. Excellent so breadth of knowledge and from your procurement point of view you were the guy that was beating everybody up on price right? <laughs> having fair discussions about <laughs> creating value for both partners i think no. is how we'd like to describe it excellent well it's all about perspective but yeah if that if that's the aim <laughs> then uh, then brilliant so uh handshow then tell, tell us a bit about handshow and, and what's going on there so look, they're uh they're, they're a, a chinese technology company uh they've been around for just over a decade uh they specialise in trying to increase retail productivity. Um, they've got some really fascinating technology around uh, smart trolleys and AI-enabled stock control, but their core business at the moment in the UK is around about trying to deploy ESLs. It's an interesting market in Europe. Penetration is 30 35%. Um, in the UK, it's less than 1%, uh, with only one retailer which is Aldi you know aggressively rolling out electronic shelf edge labels um Hanshaw are their supplier uh we've deployed about 100 million labels uh so far across Europe obviously not just with Aldi which makes us the number one um and and the technology has moved on considerably um since I took my time at Tesco um I remember doing a business case it was probably about It'd been about 2010, 2011, and the conclusion was, look, these are at some stage going to be mainstream, but at the moment they are incredibly ugly. The business case is probably a two, three, four-year return, and we'll just wait. You know, we'll, we'll just wait, and the technology will improve and the price will come down. Uh, that is exactly what's happened. We did a bit of a review when I was at the co-op. This was pre-the-pandemic Um and I think that the business case was again around two to three years and we felt it was time to wait. It was still time to wait. Um, and as I say, when I started talking to Hanshaw, I, 
I didn't realize how much the technology had moved on and what Hancho were doing, which I was particularly impressed was with that they're thinking much more broadly than the simple business case, which says, hey, look, when the price changes on the shelf, we can do it through an ESL. Actually, they're thinking about every single time a customer uh, interacts with the product at the shelf and every single time a colleague interacts with the product at the shelf. And when you start to build those use cases in, actually, you, you get to, I think you can get to an in-year payback. Now, the one thing that each individual business has is their own set of sort of agreements with colleagues on shifts. And that doesn't include the the cost of change. And, you know, when businesses go into ESLs, they do have to think about the impact on colleagues, because the truth is you, you, you do have to move your shift patterns around because that piece of work that's done every day on price or on stock control or on RTC actually doesn't need to happen anymore. And I see a lot of businesses not making the changes to the shift patterns and then wondering why the business case doesn't stack up. So it is a, it's a technology journey, but it's also a colleague engagement journey as well. And I think all retailers have to think of, of those in parallel if they're going to be successful. Yeah, interesting. I mean, we've we've touched on electronic shelf edge labels on a few of the podcasts, and you know, similar things more more than just price changes, which is the historic view. I think of you know, I could take this workload out. Yes, there's a cost to for the technology and to implement and to run, but I chunk this this cost of labour out. I can be a bit more dynamic in pricing. That's the business case. It stacks up for me over X years or Y years, or or it doesn't. In in terms of this kind of end to end store operation piece, what what were the things that kind of surprised you when you came back in with Hanshow to to look at the world of electronic shelf edge labels? Well, I mean, I mean, the first was just how far the technology had moved on. So, um, you know, when I first looked at it, you know, you had blackouts of grey um, and very limited functionality with what you could do on the screen, and then relatively few dimensions. Um, in which to sort of to choose from. And it meant that the areas like health and beauty were always really difficult to do. And then typically you'd go around the store and you'd see a lot of cracked screens and sort of um, ESLs on the shop floor. If you take the modern ESL, you know, you've now got six color functionality, pretty much unlimited templates. I think, you know, the, as I said earlier, the, the work Hansho did on Halloween, you know, a lot of marketeers say, oh, I don't like ESLs. They don't work for customers. You know, take a look at the Hansho gallery at Halloween. And I think every single marketeer would fall in love with it. And then you think about how you could develop that through Easter, through Christmas, through all the seasonal events, through barbecue, et cetera, et cetera. It is a brilliant way of communicating to customers. You know, um, battery life now can be up to 15 years. The screens don't crack. Um, the technology, the, the hardest bit is fixing them to the shelf edge. But that that now is, has been solved. Um, and then, but more fundamentally, it's about thinking differently about how you use them. So the bits that have impressed me about Show is the first one around sort of stock control routines. Every single store will have a version of a daily gap scan, but you encourage the colleagues to scan a gap and, and they know there isn't product in the back room, but that still produces the report that then they go through and then they do the various routines that each retailer has. Actually, ESLs can be really, really smart and prioritize the areas that you scan and when you scan them. And then I think the most impressive one that I saw is around reduced to clear. 
where as opposed to going back to the shelf multiple times a day and you see lots of retailers moving from perhaps four visits to the shelf to three, even down to two to try and save the labour. And you can see they're doing the business case, which is let me trade off labour with waste. Now, we, we don't want food waste. You sh- I understand why they make the trade off, but really it's not a trade off we as an industry should be doing. But actually, the labour's just too expensive to keep going back to the shelf edge. And then you start thinking, well, hang on a minute. If all I'm doing is reducing the price, why don't I reduce the price through the ASL? Now, if you take that to its nth degree, in theory, once you've done the, the first visit to the shelf edge, actually, in, pra- in practical terms, um, you can revisit that shelf 100 times. Because every single time, you know, that this, the either you can do it manually to a set of rules, which is go... 10%, 20%, 30%, 40%, 50%, 60% off, or you can do it. A lot of retailers now have the capability to look at live rates of start, live rates of sale. They understand the elasticity of the product and they can change the rate it cha- uh, that the, the price reduces right the way throughout the day. You know, If it continues to rain and all the barbecue products not going to sell, then you have to go more aggressively. But if the sun comes out, um, perhaps you don't need to reduce as aggressively as you originally thought and again, as I said, lots of retailers have the functionality to do that, not just on a national basis, but on a store-specific basis. And once you start doing areas like stock control and reduce to clear, as I say, I, I think you pretty quickly get to a linear payback. And that dynamic kind of pricing has been prevalent in Europe for a while, hasn't it? Certainly in kind of petrol stations in, I think, Portugal and Spain, you get the price of petrol goes up in peak and then down and then back up in peak the other way on the motorway yes look absolutely i've seen a couple of retailers in the uk who have very seasonal stores and very seasonal around the weekend and i've seen them run a price file on a monday to thursday and then a different price file on friday saturday sunday and almost their their local customers understand this um and sort of take the benefit early on in the week and perhaps don't shop at the weekend and the sort of the tourists pay a little bit more. So, you know, that, that model can be deployed. Um, but, uh, and that, 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 there's always been the capability to do that, but that's probably a slight reluctance by a lot of retailers to do it. But now, you know, we have member pricing, so why wouldn't we have weekend pricing in seasonal stores? The same kind of logic applies. Um, an RTC is something that you can do every single day. Well, we know that we've got waste every single day. What's, you know, we're an industry probably with £120 billion worth of turnover, something like that. I'm guessing waste on average in the industry is running at somewhere around two percent something like that you know you've got two billion pounds worth of food waste that's absolutely crazy and why wouldn't you use the, an esl to intelligently reduce that price and try and get as much good food as we possibly can um into consumers houses and we kind of at the time of recording just come out of black friday so those flash sale opportunities or um Cyber Monday opportunities to drive revenue based on turnover last week or excess stock or competitor activity must must give a big advantage as well with the flexibility. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, seasonal is, is a big thing. Now, what I've seen when you when you go into stores and you try and clear, you'll have a big piece of point of sale that says sort of 20, at least 20% off everything um, price charged at till. 
But actually, a lot of customers don't want to try and work out 20% of what that price is. And I think, is that good value? Is it not good value? Actually, what an ESL enables you to do is actually list the price for every single product, you know, and you can then be more aggressive on some and others. Whereas, you know, you're saying at least 20% off, but some are 75% off. But you can't really get that message across. On an ESL, you can be very, very specific and say, look, you know, let's clear this product. This is really, really good value, rather than kind of the generic stuff that you that you often see in retailers. So, yeah, I think there's a big business case about clearing through um, seasonal stock much more effectively. And as you say, just, just running flash sales. So, you know, if you are overstocked on barbecue and the weather isn't great hey just do 20 percent off all barbecue products it's not quite as simple as just pressing a button but it's not far off and suddenly you've executed a 20 percent of barbecue promotion you know by the time you tried to do that with paper well you just wouldn't get around to it you wouldn't have the colleagues in store to print out the labels and put them out put them out you know add a touch of a button and then the next morning the price goes back up and there must be a, a big piece around the integrity of pricing as well. So if you're a, a national or even multinational chain, the the reality is if you're using paper labels, there'll always be some that are missed because they're in dual locations or there's not enough resource to put them out. So that that price integrity must be a big benefit, not only for the consumer, but also for the company because they're doing less markdowns at tills where there's a, a query about price. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I I know through the inflation that we've had, you'll have a lot of businesses that haven't been able to get the inflation that was necessary away as quickly as they would have liked, because perhaps they're limited to 200 price changes per store per day. Um, clearly, ESLs, you can do it all in one go, both up and down. And now what you see with most ESLs is this kind of positive confirmation. So you get an exception report back that says, that confirms that this price is now live in this store. And let's say you have got an ESL that's been damaged, it will actually go and tell the store manager that um, for whatever reason on this particular product, the price hasn't uh, gone up and therefore you risk trading illegally. So again, it enables store managers um, to lead their store much more effectively because they, they can absolutely guarantee that the price changes have gone through. And in the odd case where it doesn't happen, they're given an action. They say, right, okay, I need to go and fix that. So it's incredibly important to give customers confidence about that the price on at the shelf edge is actually the price they're going to be charged at the till. Yeah, it, nothing nothing more frustrating is there and then trying to get that remedied. And uh, things like VAT changes. So I remember when we last changed and there were people trying to reprice stores overnight and, you know, inherently that leads to, to error and, you know, back to some of the, the previous part of the conversation. So things like that must be a lot more future-proof. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely future-proof. Again, you know, I, I can think of my time uh, in retail in BWS, you know, when big duty changes happened or VAT changes happened, typically you try you probably change over three or four days just because of the sheer volume of, of shelf edge labels that you need to change and the colleagues that you've got available to do it. You know, you can you, you can execute the change as with the speed it takes to upload the new price file. Um, you know, it, it makes absolute sense. And then, you know, in periods of, of deflation, you know, how many times have actually we talk about customers getting charged too much? But, you know, we'll all remember times as well where, you know, you've bought a product and thought, oh, that's cheap. Then it wasn't the shelf edge label. And that's because colleagues in the shop haven't had a chance to sort of put the product out, put the new prices out. So, um, 
you know, it, it is about telling customers the right price and it is about executing inflation. But then it's also a, a great opportunity to tell them when, you know, when there's a great deal for them. And again, that sometimes doesn't happen. And I've been in shops where, you know, you prioritize quite rightly the movement of prices up in order to make sure that you trade legally, but you then haven't taken advantage of the prices that you've reduced and the customer doesn't know. And they get the benefit at, at, at the still still, but they're probably not aware that they've had that benefit. So, you know, it enables you to do the job properly now and it has to be seen in the wider context i think what i like about working with hanjo is that they they're thinking much more broadly than this is uh about an esl they're talking thinking about a digitally enabled store and actually how you can make the customer experience a lot better and how you can make the colleague experience a lot better esls are at the forefront of that digital technology but, you know, we've all seen the camera technology that the likes of Amazon have deployed. Um, you know, that is going to come over time and be more and more accessible. And I think retailers need to, you know, constantly be having conversations with the likes of Hanshaw about, you know, what's available now. And as I say, you know, I'd spent 30 years in retail um, relatively close to the shop floor and my perceptions about what technology was out there to improve productivity and what's actually out there and what businesses are doing in Europe more so than the UK. Um, I, I was really, really pleasantly surprised and you know, hence taking up the role and having a great time doing it. Excellent. And in that t- kind of digitally enabled world, we've we've clearly got things like picking to picking to light or picking orders, which helps the colleague journey. But will we get to a kind of point where almost customers can pick and pay at the shelf edge, do you think? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, we've got smart trolleys now. Hanshaw have got a smart trolley, which means that, you know, as you place the product in the trolley, it registers the sale. And if you take it out of the trolley, it deregisters the sale. Now, I think one of the things customers don't like about the camera technology is you don't actually know what you've been charged for. You just walk in with your basket and you put the product in the basket and you're thinking, right, okay, what now? Whereas this actually has a screen on the trolley that tells you that you've been charged two pounds for that particular product. I think it gives you a lot more confidence. Um, You know, it's, you've got to take customers on a journey with technology. There's a group of customers that always be massive early adopters. And there's a group of customers who probably want to be taken more gently. You know, it's interesting that um, booths are taking out their self-service scanners, aren't they? You know, you, that's a, probably a subject that for a whole new podcast. Um, yeah. But you kind of wonder, you know, would there be a better way to take customers on that journey, those booth customers on that journey? Because for some customers, it's just the way that they shop and they want to shop and they don't want to interact um with uh retail colleagues and for others you know sometimes it it is it's their only interaction of the day yeah and we we were discussing this last week it's interesting i mean they're 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 leaving it in their two largest stores which kind of tells a story um and while everybody else is opening up choice to some degree they're reducing it so i think as long as they invest in their till manning and make sure they've got the right till manning to to be peak if they're just creating queues then Maybe yeah. it's something they'll revisit, but you know, time time will tell, won't it? Yeah, it's an, it's a really interesting point of different point of service difference for them. But um, look, we all know that labour is uh, becoming more expensive. The kind of labour you want is becoming increasingly scarce. You know, we are in the middle of you know a, 
a cost of living crisis and customers are looking for value. And, you know, one of the ways to be able to deliver value is by increasing the productivity of colleagues in a, in a way that is engaging for them. Um, rather than you to preferred to me at the top, you know, um, being nasty to suppliers and getting better prices, you know, um, you, know you, you have to look at your entire P&L. And you have to look right the way through, okay, where can we shave a little bit? Where can we shave a little bit? And, you know, that's where you add the value. And the accumulation of that enables you to improve your proposition. And improving your proposition at the moment is is going to be largely around trying to become more price competitive. Absolutely. So if people want to find out more about what Hancho do, Michael, where's the best place for them to get in touch? Uh, they uh, jump on the website. Uh, they've got a web- website, www.handshot.co.uk. Uh, that's got some contact details. Or uh, find me a note on LinkedIn, and I will connect them up with the right people. Brilliant. So we'll, we'll put the link to the website in your LinkedIn profile on the show notes so people can find you easily. Fascinating to chat at the subject. I, I'm really interested in that whole retail technology and seeing more and more of the electronic shelf edge labels always makes me smile and um, hopefully we'll see a lot more in the future. So thanks once again, Mike, Michael, and we'll catch up soon. Pleasure. Great to talk to you.